The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. gentle people welcome back it's friday it's a freaking weekend baby we're about to have some fun (laughs) but i have an all-new episode and today it's with my love my bubba love tom schwartz we are going to talk about relationships our relationships your relationships and it's gonna be good welcome tom (laughs) hey thanks for having me in case you don't feel like (laughs) listening to the episode here's the uh gist of it relationships are hard yeah, relationships are hard. But, Bub, I not source. I, yeah, well, you know, it's not perfect. It used to be. That's true. But you know what? I think it's fine that relationships are hard. I love Kristen Bell and Dax, Dax Shepard are, like, really refreshing because they're honest about their relationship. You know, they've said that they've had fights so bad that they black out sometimes. Yeah, sober blackout. Yeah. Just from rage. <laughs> from rage blackouts. I find that refreshing. Not that I want people to be blacking out from fights, but I think so many times people want to act like they have a perfect relationship, especially, you know, big celebs like them. But they're just like, no, this is, you know, this is life. Well, Bob, we got a lot of questions. Oh, well, we're just going to dive right in? We're going to dive right in because I want to get through some of them. And again, there were so many. So I tried to pick the ones that were most frequent. And and also there were some ones with advice, like for their own relationship. So I think we should start there. Okay. Okay. So I don't know her name. She wants to have some advice for a 27-year-old girl who feels anxious about not finding love. What would you say? First of all, you're a baby. You may feel old, but 27 years is very young. Don't feel, you know, rushed. Bubba, I don't know. I'm not good at this. (laughs) He doesn't know. I think it's fine. I think people are getting married older. I think you should wait till you're older. I don't think you should put pressure on yourself or feel like you're hopeless or feel like you're too old to find someone. I think it just means that your person hasn't come along yet. And also, yeah, I mean, 27 is a great time to just be exploring yourself in terms of your passions, your um, aspirations, and just like getting more comfortable in your own skin. I think you should savor and embrace being single. I mean, by the way, if you're, if you're happily in love and in a relationship or have kids and a family at 27, that's great too. But if you're single, don't feel any existential angst. Although it's easy for me to say at the ripe age of 38, but when I was 27, I think I was at my most angsty, my most existential despair. Like I, I was out of college, I was working, but I was still living with my parents and I had just broken up with my girlfriend from college. I felt lost. I, I never felt more lost in my whole life than 27. That's a little melodramatic, but I'll, by the way, I'm just, just saying this, hopefully you hear this and you can just, you know, it, just to let you know, we've all been there. Most people yeah. have uh, 27 is a baby. Yeah, it really is. And honestly, just really just fall in love with yourself because once you're in a relationship, that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a bad way, but I think my single years, I really cherish because I just like did whatever the hell I wanted to do and didn't have to be accountable 
or, you know, for anyone else. So yeah, that's, that's another thing. Like I've gone through long spurts being single, but I was I'm more or less a serial monogamist. I've been in, you know, I, I'm usually three years and out. Katie, <laughs> Katie's the one who broke me. Well, I have to be very careful how I word this, but sometimes I wish I would have embraced the, you know, the whole being single thing more, but savor it, enjoy it. And, uh, you know, make some bad decisions. That'll be great stories later in life. And, uh, yeah, come to Tom Tom and we'll have a beer and talk about it. <laughs> okay. What about for this, this gal? She says, what do I do if I find out my boyfriend of three years has been on Tinder messaging girls and said it's cause of their lack of sex, but claims that his intentions were never to cheat. I'm the king of giving people the benefit of the doubt. But in this situation, I got to say, I have to call bullshit. If he went as far to Tinder to create a Tinder account to start messaging actual girls who are looking for love just to like get his kicks, then like that is a little yeah. troubling. Downloading Tinder is a red flag. I mean, it, it, listen, if he was looking at some healthy pornography to satisfy some urges that haven't been satisfied or something, but I don't know. I just feel like that's a slippery slope. I feel like it is. I mean, it is. yeah, he's having actual contact with like real human females whose intentions are different than his. So I think for sure a conversation, I mean, I don't want to say you need to confront him, but you gotta, you gotta have an open line of communication. If you're going to move forward in this relationship, this has to be discussed. Otherwise it will fester. You have to get it all out there. It might be ugly. It's not going to be pretty. Maybe it will be pretty. Maybe you can have a civilized, constructive conversation, but more than likely you'll probably let it pent up for a while and it'll come out when you're like six margaritas deep. Harmless flirting is one thing, but yeah. like doing a Tinder and having messages like that feels really sneaky. And also, also this was stemming from a, a lack of a sexual fulfillment. Did I understand that? Yeah. See, that's, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's worrisome. Um, that's I'm something I'm glad we don't have to worry about, not to make this about us. Finding balance within the relationship sexually is a great thing. And sometimes it takes time because, you know, you go through phases. Sometimes in a relationship, you just don't feel sexy. Your mojo is not flowing. I think it happens in life, not just in relationships. You you have times where you're feeling less sexy. But definitely Tom and I have been together for almost 11 years. It ebbs and flows like yeah. you wouldn't believe. Yeah, mostly ebbing lately. <laughs> just kidding. No, I mean, well, no, nobody feels sexy right now. That was right something now. else people were asking. So right now, yes, we're in quarantine. We're around each other more than we usually typically are. So it can be hard to switch gears and make it spicy when it's been like the same pair of sweatpants and sweatshirt for two days straight. Yeah. Which, which by the way, we do, <laughs> we do enjoy and yeah. we fully are appreciated because we know soon we're going to be coming out of this hermit shell coming out of our, our little cocoon here that we've sort of enjoyed. I'm very much fine for the most part being at home Spending time at home, I like it. You definitely get cabin fever and want to like get out, even if you just go over to Tom Sandoval's. Yeah, well, I get cabin fever in spurts and it can be intense and undeniable. But I got to say overall, with respect to what's going on, I understand there's a lot of suffering in the world. And I don't mean to diminish anything people are going through right now with a worldwide pandemic. But that being said, there has been aspects of this that have been very enjoyable and, you know, it feels like a once in a lifetime, hopefully a once in a lifetime thing we experience where you just get to, you know, kick it at home. Yeah. But I think, I think when one partner gets out more often and it creates like a little bit of like time alone or distance, yeah. even if it's short, 
the heart can still grow fonder and you come home and you miss them and it's, you know. Yeah, exactly. That can be, you know, nice. Even if you're madly in love, remind yourself to give your partner a, a little space every now and then just to let them be themselves because sometimes you can just get lost in each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, you know, we are, we're a team, we're a unit, but still, I'm Tom Schwartz, you're Katie Maloney. Just it's good to reconnect with yourself every once in a while. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can get lost in another person and that's fun. That's romantic. Yeah. But just don't don't forget to get lost I think with yourself every once in a while. Maintaining your identity, who you are. There's still a we in there, but it, there still has to be an I. I yeah. think that's what makes and keeps our relationship interesting is because like we still have our own things. We still do our own things. Yeah. It's not like it's always a shared event. Anytime any one of us does something like whether I go on a girl's trip or he, you know, does something with his friends. It's like, it's, it's nice that we give each other space yes. to explore our own interests and have the kind of time that we like to have separate from each other. Yeah. For me, that's instrumental. Yeah. Just being able to give each other you know, time to uh, enjoy time with yourself. What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions of our relationship that fans of the show think based on just watching us on Vanderpump Rules? One I see pop up frequently in the depths of comment <laughs> hell is that I'm unhappy and I got pressured to be in the relationship a la the ultimatum, the engagement, <laughs> the wedding, there was points in the relationship where I was reluctant and unsure about our future, as we've talked about many times. But um, right now, I'm I'm happier than I've ever been, more in love than I've ever been, and I feel like we've just finally hit our stride after yeah. eight or nine, ten tumultuous years. It was not pretty. It was not fairy tale beginnings. I feel like we get stronger every day. I think people's misconception watching the show is that we just like hate each other and we yeah. fight every single day. Yeah. Cause we do say, so, you know, we've said some scathing things to each other for mm-hmm. sure, but we've gotten better about that, especially the ad hominem attacks, the name calling, you know, like we've, we've also expedited our, you know, conflict resolution skills. I have to say, see, I like, I like podcasts, but now, now is where I want to ask the <laughs> audience or the listeners. Like I want to hear what they have to say about this. We will get there, but I just want to say, I feel like the misconceptions of our relationship yeah, just, is that we are like Tom's deeply unhappy and I'm a miserable shrew no, of a wife. Yeah. We don't hide our fights. We have, you've seen on the show, like pretty intense, horrific fights that, you know, suck. We've always been willing and able to like live our relationship out loud. So you, you do see like the worst of the worst, but that's not like the constant daily for us. Yeah. And you see, yeah, you see the highs and the lows and some in between. That's not our baseline. No. You know, I'm happy we made it for sure. There was points in our relationship, which always kills me to say, which I didn't think we were going to make it, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of some of those times, (laughs) uh oh, a lot of people have asked about how we have, you know, and how just in general and us, you know, specifically, I guess we can only speak to our experience of how we have been able to rebuild trust in those, in those times where we've been ruthless with one another and we've hurt each other and how we're able to do that. I think I don't want to normalize the fights that we have and like make it seem like, Oh, it's not a big deal. Cause it, it is a big deal. Words matter. They can hurt, yeah. they can cut deep, but we do have this like kind of scary, toxic fighting style where we just want to say like more horrific things than the 
the next. I think that's more so. Ugh, I, I will have to be careful. I feel like that's more your style, and I had to adopt it, <laughs> like kung fu. Um, to, to, no, 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 no. That's awful to say, but no. Hopefully, that becomes a relic because sometimes it does rear its ugly head, but it's usually short-lived. It used to last sometimes a week or days. Oh God, days of anxiety, lack of communication, passive-aggressive. Oh, yeah, I'm so see that's you guys, if you're listening and that's happening in your life, be proactive, mm-hmm. be proactive. I'm not, you know, this is not my specialty, this area, but Google it, do some research, well, get think, a counselor, maybe a little therapy, well, talk therapy to because the therapy can provide you with the tools of how you communicate and work yourselves moving forward from this. And I think in the past we did have a lot of like built up resentment mostly on Tom's part where like every time we'd fight like those same things would come up again and I feel like we've gotten to a point where we've like really put the past to bed and buried it and now like when we do fight we're trying to focus on the issue at hand and not like regurgitate past yeah delving into the past is just it's not fun for anyone involved, but it's completely understandable. I'm not here to judge you or your partner if you do so, but you can't do it. If that's something that you are doing, then maybe look at those things and figure out if those things are uh, repairable. Yeah. If you find yourself continually going back and bringing up the same old shit, be like, all right, you know what? Next Tuesday, we're going to get drunk. We're going to hash this out. It might be ugly. No, that might be a terrible idea. Yeah, no, that's okay. But you have to get it out. I know you have to exercise any lingering resentment and or frustration, yeah. but it's so much easier said than done. You know what? By the way, this is for everybody out there who, you know, like me, loves words, loves the beautiful English language. In general, is a decent communicator, but within the confines of the relationship, is not a great communicator. Like myself, sometimes I have a hard time articulating exactly how I feel and what's frustrating me. I end up just not saying anything. I don't let things build up anymore. No. But yeah. still, I do struggle with being a great, clear communicator. Yeah. 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 You don't, you often struggle with expressing how you're feeling and getting the, you, you know, emotions out there of like and making it productive where I could talk about how I feel all day long. Yeah. You don't like to do that, but that is what you have to do to move forward and rebuild the trust because you come from a place of love and wanting to understand and wanting to come together to work on something. And so it, you just have to be patient, I think. And even if when it's trying and it becomes heavy and difficult, I think you just, you have to a look at the situation and be like, is this worth it in the long run? Like, is this my person? Is this the person that I want to like spend my life with first of all? And then you commit to doing the work. You got to put work into relationships. They're effortful, not effortless. Yeah. She said, so if, you're, if you're looking for the, the, you know, storybook romance novel relationship, those happen with people. I hear stories and that's beautiful and wonderful, but I think, in general, people are mostly just like innately human and they yeah. have a hard time communicating, but communication is really key. And that's how we've been able to rebuild our trust, especially with certain past indiscretions on both our parts. But I think always checking in with yourself first and then working at the communication with your partner and what works best for you. Someone asked, how do you deal with jealousy? I don't think we have issues with jealousy in our relationship. 
I want to give some proactive, solid <laughs> advice right here. You don't, you're not a jealous type. I'm just not. And I'm I really just not never either. have been. Although that's not to say that I'm immune from jealousy. Of course, there's been many phases. In my, when I was a young lad, I was ripe with jealousy in my relationships. But I feel like I, I got it all out by the time I was like 18. I was like, I don't can't remember ever being jealous, hurt for sure, betrayed, shameful or whatever. Ever, I, I, but I'm just saying, I, I think I feel like I got that all out of my system by the time I was about 18. I don't think either of us get jealous when like if you're talking to a chick or if I'm talking to a dude. Yeah. Because I think we'll both be still going to be like, oh, my God, that person's hot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, that's fine. I don't it's mind. It's fun. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes, again, that goes back to the harmless, like flirting and all that, because it's a good like ego stroke because all day long I can tell Tom, like, you're so handsome, you're hot, you're sexy, you're this, but hearing it from another person, like we all need that in our lives, I think. But if you're listening, you know, if you're not in a great place in your relationship, that's, that might not be cool for you. No, you know no, what no. I mean? What do you think are the most positive traits that we've brought out of each other? We're very opposite in a lot of ways. When shit comes at us, we handle it very differently, but I think it's very complimentary to us in a relationship because if we were both the same type of person that would get really set off quickly and deeply affected by something where we both would just like fly off the hinge. It could become a very like toxic situation. But I feel like Tom has always made me kind of, he's always like, look at big picture, have perspective. And so I think something that he's brought on me is always trying to like do the big picture and have perspective on things and realize like how big is the situation? How much does it really matter? How much does it really affect me? And kind of counting to five and taking my time with stuff and not just snap reaction stuff. Yeah. Early on, maybe I was too quick to diminish something you were feeling or tell you that it was silly or out of line. But now that I think I've gotten better at just reminding you to take a breath before you react, especially yeah. with, by the way, this is like one of the best tips. It's so obvious, but if you're someone who is a reactive texter or rage text. Well, rage texting is a different thing, but you know, if, if someone sends you something, a text that upsets you or rubs you the wrong way, teach yourself not to respond right away. I know it sounds yeah. so obvious, but it feels good sometimes. Just let them have it. It does. But <laughs> I know, wait <laughs> at least an hour, if not five, six hours, or maybe, maybe overnight. Hours. Yeah. It's just, you will thank yourself in the morning every time. And it's a power move too. It's a power move. Somebody sent you something snarky and, you know, passive aggressive. Don't even give them the time of day. Let them just stew in their own shitty That's evil self. Sometimes. No, it's not. It's by well, the way, I don't need to be... I feel like sometimes people say those things to get a reaction and it can be like really like, you know, you can fuck with them by not responding. <sighs> that's not why I do. I do it more for myself. Well, yeah, I just, you know, it's yes, for both yes, parties yes, yes. involved. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, that was a little bit of a tangent. So what are the, what do you think are the best traits that we've brought out of each other that I've brought out of you? Let's see. I think you've made me, you've made me mature in regards to our relationship. I wouldn't say I have Peter Pan syndrome, yeah. but I, in my mind, I, <laughs> I don't. I, maybe a little, bit. a little bit. In my mind, I just always felt like I need to have like X amount of dollars in my bank account before I can get married, before I can propose, before I can have kids. And I still struggle with that. 
And what if I never get there? I don't know. You don't want to live your life that way. No. Um, I mean, you want to. You're going to miss everything that's happening if you're always thinking about like once this happens. It's like, well, life is happening right now. Yeah. Professionally speaking, I've spent way too much time living in the future and not enough in the present. And, you know, Katie's helped me sometimes let loose a little bit, loosen those purse strings, maybe take a, a lavish little trip to like wherever. I don't know. Yeah. Iceland or something. <laughs> I do have raging financial insecurity. I mean, you know, we're doing okay and everything, but I do, I do stress a lot about, I have a, I have a rough relationship with money. You know what I mean? I feel like there's just never enough of it. You want to make sure you're taken care of. I'm taken care of. You're very fiscally responsible. Yeah. I'm not cheap by the way. Like if, if you come to the bar with me, I am picking up the tab. I'm buying you dinner. I love giving gifts. I love giving, but yes, I just, I don't have a great relationship with money. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. It's weird. It comes in different phases where it's like, you're like, don't turn the heat on. It costs too much. But then you're like, I think that's just echoing my dad. <laughs> I'm not really concerned. That is, that is a very dad-ish I, move. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am 38. So it's like. King of the thermostat. Yeah. Here he comes. I'm going to throw a little lighthearted one in there. Hit me with it. If each of us were a bag of chips, which would we be and why? Okay. I would be Cool Ranch because I'm cool. I hate ranch. You're zesty. I'm, z I'm zesty. It is my favorite potato chip. That's why I said it first, by the way. You're crispy, but not crunchy. <sighs> Just go. This is awful. <laughs> this, I hate this. Why? Oh, I hate that question. I don't want to be Takis. Why is that? Because I'm really spicy. I pack a punch. You do. I'm crunchy. And you give me heartburn. I give you heartburn. And stress. <laughs> stress. You need some water. You need to chase it with something. No. I actually love that question, by the way, whoever asked it. I just didn't have a great response, I so I got defensive. Cool. But I feel like you would be cool ranch readers because you are a cool guy. I feel like you're the yin to my yang. Oh, thank you. Do you feel that way you're too? You're the yang to so my you, yang. So you feel that way? I do. <laughs> how do we keep our relationship alive? I know that we're the yin to the yang, but how do we keep it alive? One thing I see happen too often in relationships is people not letting their significant other grow. Let me give you an example. Say for instance, I all of a sudden took up knitting like you did for DJing. Yeah. Like DJing. Sometimes, you know, if you've been together with someone for 10 years and you see them branching out and doing something, you usually in a healthy relationship, like, oh my God, I love that you're trying something new. When did you, when did you decide you wanted to be a DJ? Whatever. But sometimes you can get to a point where you think, you know, someone you think them, you have your significant other all figured out. And you see, and you make comments like, why are you doing that? Why would you ever want to be a DJ? You don't even like music. What would you do? Like, <laughs> don't be that person. Allow each other to grow and change. Yeah. You grow together. Support their odd habits and, yes. and hobbies. And, yeah. Yeah. Now, if that new hobby happens to be like heroin or something, you know, uh, for sure, okay, well. maybe there needs to be an intervention, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I just see it happen. People put their significant other in a box sometimes. Let your lover grow. 
Let them flap their wings. People I think can also, change. That's what neuroplasticity is all about. You know, you create new habits yeah. and new neural pathways and you try new things. Yeah, try new things. Even if it's just eating new food, maybe watch some anime if you've never seen it. I just try new things. It's, it sounds so stock, but it's simple and it's effective. Well, because it, it's, it's good for the other person to spread their wings and find things in other areas of interest and be supportive of that. I feel like also we do a good job of still like dating each other. Yeah. Like yeah. we, we try to find like fun activities to do or make sure that we, you know, have a like little adventure together, whether it's like little trips or just making a point to go out to dinner and connect with each other and laugh. Yeah. That's how we keep it alive. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, as I've said so many times over the years, one of my favorite parts of our relationship is just doing nothing with you. But which is also a liability because I could like <laughs> lay in bed with Katie yeah. for weeks at a time and just get like postmates watch you know lost season well we're watching lost right now let's not get into that but oh, just watch new tv shows it's making the concentrated point and effort to like spending time together which brings me to another question is like what is our favorite way to spend a weekend together first of all thank you for your question it's a great question but i'm not going to be able to sufficiently answer it can i like have a half hour to think about this and come back we like to have a healthy relationship of again the keeping it together falling it apart falling apart like where we will be like all right today we're just gonna fall apart together start drinking at one sing some songs or it's a healthy balance of like keeping it together and falling apart like ordering some good food or going out it's hard because like this like past year we've been really really limited to like the options of things to do but in a perfect world it'd be like going to like Palm Springs for a weekend or just like doing something adventurous together, saving that movie we've been waiting to see all week together or... This is not inspiring anymore. I know it's not inspiring, but the thing is, it's just, it's it's making the... Tom, Tom's getting frustrated. Okay, we can go on to the next one. How about a date night at home? Date night at home, honey. Ours would include like probably like alcohol. This person said like ordering just like fancy dinners in is getting old. So like yeah. spice it up, get a karaoke machine. Totally. I love where you're going with that. And by the way, cook. I know cook oh, you're like together, probably rolling yeah. your eyes as you hear this right now. Get an air fryer. It's cooking is sexy. The sound of the carrots chopping on the wood. It's a primal experiences. You're, you're stimulating almost all of your senses and yes, it's a pain in the ass cleaning up afterwards, but you know, together. when you present that plate, that dish, regardless of how it tastes, they know you've put your blood, sweat, tears, maybe not your blood, hopefully not your sweat, <laughs> tears. All right. Effort. You put your effort in there and you, you've, you've injected it with, you know, um, a rich love that you share with your partner and uh, hopefully it's infused in every bite. But yeah, I love cooking for Katie. We'll like cook together and then we'll like make fun cocktails together, listen to music. The best thing to do is like on a Saturday morning, just right away, turn on like a salsa playlist or something. And then just like let the day unfold from there. Maybe have like a mimosa or like an afternoon cocktail, plan a fun dinner to make together. Yeah. We really enjoy talking about potential or hypothetical vacations <laughs> more than we actually we daydream a lot together we do daydream <laughs> with your partner talk about yeah talk about hypothetical getaways plan a whole trip 
on one night, even if you don't intend on going on it, it's actually really fun. Yeah. And this is another obvious one that I'm sure you guys have done, but like maybe one night you both dress up formal, super yeah. sexy, like dressed to the nines, head to toe, you cook dinner and you know, you put on some great music, some music you don't usually listen to, maybe some Sinatra mm-hmm. or maybe some like whatever. I don't know what your genres are here, but listening to something you don't usually listen to, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, get the mojo flowing. I think like surprising each other with something. Yes. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And surprise is paramount in a relationship for me. Do you know what I like? I love when I come home, like I go to my Pilates and I come home and Tom has like salsa music on and I can smell he's making like a hot sauce or something. He loves to make salsas and hot sauces. And he's like in his like little zone and I'm like, ooh, like surprise him with something or make them. I don't ever do this, but Tom makes me like breakfast in bed. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> I like when she comes home after doing Pilates or something, I like jumping out and scaring her. <laughs> I know it's dumb, but I love that type of shit. Or like, let me give you a little example. Last night we're chilling. We're watching lost just officially chilling on the couch. We got some sushi. It was delicious, but I felt very unsatisfied as one does after they eat sushi. It's good going down, but you know, Honestly, after you're done, you're like, all right, what are we eating next? <laughs> Jokingly, Katie threw out Pizza Hut and it, I, she was joking. I was joking. But, you know, without her knowing, I went on PizzaHut.com and I, PizzaHut.com and I ordered her favorite thing. Although I got the crust wrong. She likes the hand tossed. I got no, the, I like the pan. She likes the pan, pan original. I got does. the hand tossed. And anyways, just like little, <laughs> little mini, little mini things like that. They add up. It's so cute. Yeah. Go for a walk together. It's really. It, oh my God. Like People are going to think obvious. we have the lamest relationship. No, it's not. <laughs> Go for a walk and like, order Pizza Hut. Oh my God. Just mix it up. Do something different. Sp- make an effort to spend time together. That's, yeah. that's how we keep so, the shit alive. Keep e- yeah. Keep each other guessing keep them on their toes. Another thing is people like there was a lot of questions about this. Hit me with it. And a lot of people wanted to know how we feel about a lot of people being so like up in the business of our sex life. What comes with the territory? If, if we listen, I welcome it with open arms. We've put ourselves in a position where we're on reality TV. That's not to say that we should just subject ourselves to being roasted to really awful comments online, but we've put ourselves out there. We voluntarily decided to be on this show um that we're on and uh yeah so it's part of the package but we're very real about just like the inner workings of our relationship and what's happening regards to what people think because that is the truth and the thing is we're both happy and satisfied i think sometimes we wish there was a little bit more but again that's on us and it's on us to like make that effort but like whether we do or we don't you know we we just accept that we've got the leaf blower in the background so just ignore that but do you think that VPR helps or hurts relationships, not just ours, but just in general. Short term, I would say it hurts Yeah. relationships, but long term, yeah, short term, a lot of pain, a lot of uh, maybe humiliation or uncomfortable things you wish you didn't have to talk about. But long term, I think, you know, it can be very therapeutic Yeah. and it forces you to really confront, you know, aspects of not just your relationship, but yourself that you're not happy with or you're struggling with and, you know, put work in and talk about it and be proactive. But you can't brush things under the rug. And I think that people in really, I'm not going to call anyone out on the show, but when people in relationships come on and they're not as honest with themselves and their partner and them with each other about 
truly the, you know, the relationship, it can be more hurtful than helpful. But if you are down for the cause and down for like living your life out loud and putting it all out there and willing to address every issue that comes your way, I think it can be extremely helpful because it is an excellent form of therapy. Like you don't get to run and hide and shove it under the rug. Like you, you do have to like really work through things. So and outside of the parallel universe, that is reality TV in which we live in. But, you know, for relationships in general, like you don't have to share everything, by the way. You know, we practice like radical honesty on the show. In relationships, hey, have a few secrets as long as it's not, you know, downloading Tinder and swiping right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Have well, It's yeah, okay to... Well, not salacious like secrets, me, but me and my boyfriend, we, or me and my husband, we tell each other everything. Oh, it's God. like, why would you tell each other Awful. everything? As long as you're not withholding information that can be hurtful or something, but like you should have things that you like with your, with your friends, you know, your, your extracurricular relationships with friends outside of your marriage that you're not telling your significant other things that you shouldn't be telling them about other people that it's not your place to. Yeah. Generally speaking, you know, being open and honest, obviously it's a great thing sharing most things with your partner, but like, I just, sometimes people take it too far. I just feel like if it's not backfiring now, it might down the, it might down the road. Maybe that sounds jaded. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of couples do get away with that. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it's perfectly fine when, you don't tell your significant other everything. Just don't have like another family with kids. Yeah, yeah. don't live a double life and don't be shady. I think you can surmise what is a healthy secret to keep and what is it. Do we want to go there right now? Like the audacity. <laughs> I'm blown away by these stories about guys who have a separate life, a separate wife, kids. But it blows my mind that the, these people have two separate, you know, serendipitous lives these families and it's just it has to be exhausting oh my god keeping up with the lies but but if you're a, i mean you have to have be a little bit of a sociopath i imagine or yeah or, but, it's, but then know. you're not giving yourself wholly to one or the other because if you have that's a pretty massive well if you have multiple personality disorder maybe maybe but, right, but that yeah, yeah that's not, not scary right. but but do you have a rage check to the day that's how i like to end this shit Okay, so when you're in the grocery store now, you know, there's a pandemic. You don't want to be taking your finger and putting in your mouth to lubricate things. But when you go to reach for the produce baggies, not being able to lick your finger now and having to use friction is it almost put me over the edge the other day. And of course, that wasn't the real issue. I was upset, stressed out about some other things in my life, my family, and I couldn't get this bag open and I couldn't lick my finger. I mean, I could have, but I didn't want to risk it. I didn't want to be a dirt bag and spit on my finger all kinky and shit. <laughs> so I just rubbed it maniacally and I eventually got it open. And I know this is something that may seem insignificant to you, but I'm, I'm sending a rage text to bags and grocery stores. It's, it's more of a sext. I can't wait to lick you again and not worry about <laughs> contracting uh, coronavirus. I don't know if I was ever licking my fingers in a grocery store to begin with. How did you open the bag then? dirty. I don't know that I ever licked my fingers, but I feel like it was just like easier. Sometimes I'll touch. So if I see a beautiful head of broccoli that I plan on buying, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're misted and I'll, I'll touch that to get my fingers wet and then open the bag. But I, I feel, even though it's my broccoli, I feel just kind of like it's, it's not right. The etiquette's not there. You're being gross. Still. Okay. Thank you, Baba, for being on. Hey, thanks. I wish I could have been more helpful. 
I think you were very helpful. I love you guys. I love everybody. I miss everybody. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And until next time, be kind to yourselves. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate and tune in next week for an all new episode.